today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. When God speaks, He speaks in that still, small voice. And if you want to hear the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit speak into your life, you got to turn down the volume of your life so you can hear. Because really your life is too loud. And all those competing voices clamoring for your attention are drowning out the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. And here He is longing to reveal to us grand and glorious things. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. Are you able to hear the still, small voice of the Lord, or are the competing voices in your life crowding it out? Pastor J.D. encourages you through today's message to silence the voices that are disrupting your ears from hearing the Lord. Get back into the Word. Sit quietly before His feet and listen. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. The chapters before us have a grand and glorious promise and prophecy concerning God answering us when we call to Him. I know that sounds like a firm grasp of the obvious, right? Well, the truth of the matter is, and I don't mean to be negative or derogatory, but we're all guilty of this. We're all guilty of not availing ourselves of all that God desires to give us and show us. It's there for the asking. And He's just waiting at the ready. Oh, if we would but call on Him, (laughs) cry out to Him. He longs to answer. He longs to show us, as we'll see, great and mighty things. You know what great and mighty things are? They're great and mighty. (laughs) Well, as we're about to see, right out of the chute, actually. (laughs) It's only when we call to Him, and He answers, that we'll see these great and mighty things, which, by the way, prior, we could have never known in any other way. So, you ready? Let's jump in. Verse 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time, while he was still shut up in the court of the prison, saying, verse 2, Thus says the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed it, to establish it. The Lord is His name. Ah, off to a great start, right? So the chapter starts by providing us really an important timeline, and this is going to be germane to our understanding here in a moment, but the timeline places this in the last days of Zedekiah's rule in Jerusalem, and we're told that Jeremiah is still imprisoned. Now again, this is going to be germane shortly. Now verse 3, here it is, and I want to build upon this. Call to me, 
and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. All right, a couple of thoughts. This is magnificent. (laughs) What a grand and glorious promise. First thought is, notice the specificity that God will answer. Notice conspicuously absent from what Jeremiah is told here is any mention of God might answer. Uh, God could answer. (laughs) No, God will answer. If the question isn't, will God answer? That's not the question. The question is, will I call on Him? It's kind of one of those, if you then I things. You know what I mean? If you will call on me, then I will answer you. And that's not all. (laughs) And this is the second thought. Not only will he answer us, so too will he show us (laughs) great and mighty things, hidden things that he will reveal to us for the asking And these are things that we could never otherwise know concerning the present situation, and in some cases, perhaps more importantly, the future. Now this is where the timeline given to us in the first couple of verses comes into play. This is the 11th hour, man. As we're going to read here in a moment, the Babylonians have besieged Jerusalem. All you had to do is look out your window, and they're there. And they're building these siege mounds, and they're about ready to, on the cusp of taking the city. And they know it. That's kind of stressful, isn't it? Is it not then when we call on the Lord? It's when the Babylonians, the enemy, is encamped round about the city walls of our Christian lives. The stress, the pressure, the distress, the uncertainty, the impending catastrophe that looms imminently on the horizon. (laughs) Oh man, our prayers, our whole prayer life changes at times like that, right? You're in the 11th hour, not just the 11th hour, it's the 11th hour, it's 11 59 and 59 seconds, actually. That's, that's how, <laughs> I mean, we're coming down to the, the gnat's eyebrow. And yes, gnats have eyebrows. Is that not when we cry out unto him? Oh, God. Oh, good to hear from you, JD. Haven't heard from you for a while. Oh, this is what it takes for you to call on me. But that's when we call upon Him and cry out to Him. And God is promising us that He will, keyword will, hearken unto the voice of our cry. And here we are in the present situation, which does not look good, and God wants to show us some things. He wants to reveal to us some things, great and mighty things that will absolutely blow your mind. Not just about what's happening presently, 
but what's going to happen in the future. And by the way, the future is a future of hope. That's my plan for you. Chapter 29, verse 11, a life verse for many. Not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. I don't want to hurt you. I want to bless you. I want to give you a future. But how are you going to know that unless you ask me? So here's Jeremiah. He's now in the know, if I can say it like that. So someone might ask Jeremiah there as they visit him in prison, Hey, Jeremiah, how how do you know these things? Oh, I asked. You did? Yeah. And he told me, and he showed me, and oh, how many things, great and mighty things, does God long (laughs) to show us. But here's the problem. He will not compete with the voices that are clamoring for our attention, of which there are many, are there not? I mean, when God speaks, He speaks in that still, small voice. And if you want to hear the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit speak into your life, you got to turn down the volume of your life so you can hear. Because really your life is too loud. And all those competing voices clamoring for your attention are drowning out the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. And here He is longing to reveal to us grand and glorious things. What are these grand and glorious things? Well, we're going to see that shortly. Verse 4, For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses of this city and the houses of the kings of Judah, get this, which have been pulled down to fortify against the siege mounds and the sword. Did you catch that? (laughs) I mean, they're dismantling their houses, even the king's houses, and using the materials for fortification against the Babylonian siege mounds. Verse 5, they come to fight with the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, but only to fill their places with the dead bodies of men whom I will slay in my anger and my fury, all for whose wickedness I have hidden my face from this city. Whoa, this really got ugly uh, quickly. (laughs) I was, uh, can we go back to verse 3 just real quick? No, we can't. So, okay, so what's going on here and why do we have to go here? Well, God is telling Jeremiah, showing to Jeremiah that his people were still fighting against his will. And here's what's sad. They were doing so to their own peril. How many times has Jeremiah prophesied the word of the Lord to the people saying, you shall go into captivity? I'm delivering you into the hands of the Babylonians, and you will be taken captive, and don't fight it. You want to live? Go into captivity. I'm going to use the Babylonians as the instrument of discipline and chastisement in my hands. And you're fighting it? You're despising it? The writer of Hebrews would say it like this, don't despise it when the Lord chastises you. Why? Because He chastises those whom He loves as children, like we discipline our children and chastise our children. 
I have to teach my people a lesson, and they're still fighting against me, going to great extents, even to the point of dismantling their own homes and using the building materials to fortify against these Babylonian siege mounds, and to no avail. Here's the takeaway real quick, and we'll move on. Don't fight as God's people, God's will. Let me say the same thing in a different way. Don't fight the Lord. If the Lord has ordained it, if the Lord has allowed it, don't fight it. You know, it will not end well. (laughs) You know, if you're going to go to battle with the Lord, guess who's going to win? All right. Well, verse 6, thank God for what we're going to read here, beginning in verse 6. Oh, God is so good and merciful. Behold, I will bring health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captives, verse 7, of Judah and the captives of Israel to return and will rebuild those places as at the first. I will cleanse them from all their iniquity by which they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities by which they have sinned and by which they have transgressed against me. Then, verse 9, it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all nations of the earth who shall hear all the good that I do to them. They shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and all the prosperity that I provide for it. Oh, that's what you wanted to show me, Lord. That's what you wanted to tell me, Lord. You wanted to tell me great and mighty things if I would but call. Oh, I'm so glad I did. All I had to do was call, yeah. Why don't we call on the Lord? We call them, we call someone else first. Oh, I better call so-and-so. And the Lord's up here going, call me. You won't get voicemail. I'm always available. Have you ever thought about that? I know, I know we chuckle, but think about this. Think about this. Let this sink in. The God who created the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is, is available to me. I have unfettered access to Him. You know how we say, I know people in high places. Whatever. I happen to know someone in the most high place. I've got connections, man. I'm very powerful because (laughs) He's all power. i got to be careful. One time I said that and my, my daughter looked at me like, ooh. Pride comes before the fall. I said, that did not come out right. You know, out of the mouths of babes, right? So I grounded her for the rest of her life for that. But, but when I say I, I'm a very powerful person, I'm not talking about me. The most powerful person is the person who prays. Now think about this. I, this may be for someone here watching online. Question, who's the most powerful person you know? You already know where I'm going with this, right? I mean, we tend to equate people in positions of power as being powerful. No, 
You know who the most powerful person in your life is? It's the person who prays. Because they're tapping in to the all-powerful God who is always available and waiting for us to just ask Him. Jesus, go ahead. (laughs) It's almost like there's this heavenly hush, if I can call it that. Quiet. JD's going to pray. Get ready. Whatever he asks, if it brings glory to me, and it's good for him, because every good and perfect gift comes from me, the Father above, if he asks, and it's good, and it brings me glory, you get down there and you do it, man. Okay, stand by. Here he comes. Here he comes. Then I walk up, you know, to my prayer closet, and here's my prayer. Oh, Lord, please bless the meal that we're going to partake. Okay, never mind. Go back. False alarm. Here God had, (laughs) just for the asking, anything, anything. If I would have just but asked and called upon Him. He wants to show me things, but He can't. He wants to tell me things, but He can't. And here, like with Jeremiah, God is telling him and showing him the future plan that he has. Do you think that, here's Jeremiah, he's in prison, never imagine it like the prisons of today. I'm not dismissing the horror of being incarcerated, but these were prisons that were dungeons where people were thrown into and left to die. That's the kind of, that's his apartment, if I can say it like that. He's confined to whatever this dungeon of a cell is. You don't think he needs to hear this? You don't think that that now he's encouraged by this? Don't you think that he's very glad he asked the Lord? It's like, okay, oh, Jeremiah, oh, oh, you have no idea what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you things that are just so over the top, off the charts, you're not going to believe it. Great and, and mighty things. Grand and glorious things. You know all those houses they're dismantling to build fortifications? I'm going to put it back together again. I'm going to rebuild them. And that's not all. You know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to forgive them of all of their iniquity and all of their transgressions. That's an interesting delineation and one for which I don't have the time to get into tonight. But it's all going to be forgiven. I'm going to restore them. I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to rebuild their houses. I'm going to rebuild their city. And then when, not if I do it, you know what's going to happen. People are going to hear about it, all the surrounding nations and people, and they are going to fear and tremble with a holy fear because of the goodness and the prosperity that I have provided as only I can. This is the future plan I have for you. This is what I wanted to show you. And now that I've got you, and I've got your undivided attention, and you've quieted everything down, and now you're listening, I'm going to tell you things that are just absolutely unbelievable. I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do, Jeremiah. I'm going to turn all this death and destruction to restoration and life. Verse 10, thus says the Lord, again, there shall be heard in this place of which you say, it is desolate 
without man and without beast in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate, without man and without inhabitant and without beast. The voice of joy, verse 11, and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of those who will say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for His mercy endures forever and of those who will bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Wow, somebody needs to put that to song. Oh, they already did. Would you agree that everything we just read here in these verses are things that we every day take for granted? The other day I was in my house and I heard this dove just cooing, really singing and praising God. And it was very pronounced. And it hit me. I don't they're always singing and praising their Creator, but I'm not always hearing it. And it was quiet enough. In fact, (laughs) I turned the AC off, and I even turned the ceiling fan off. Have you ever noticed how much noise ceiling fans make? I mean, it was so quiet in there, and it allowed me the luxury, afforded me the luxury of hearing this dove cooing. And oh, it was so calming. It was such a blessing. And I thought to myself, I take this so for granted. So here's what God's saying here. There's no sounds. It's desolate. Uh, By the way, the sounds prior were horrific, unbearable. The screams, the horror, the terror, and now even that's gone. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to restore all of that. And there's going to be the voice of joy. (laughs) There's something about laughter. We had some new tenants move into the rental uh, next door to where we live. Now the house had been vacant. We kind of enjoyed it actually, not having people, you know, five feet away, actually 10 feet away technically, but you know, because they're right there. You know, you open your windows, hi, how you doing? uh, Anyway, enough of my problems. So It was vacant for a while, and it was very quiet. And then new tenants moved in. We thought, ah. Then all of a sudden we heard laughter and life, and it was kind of like, oh, well, this is nice. There was joy and gladness and laughter, and oh, how about this celebration, the voice of the bride and the bridegroom? They would have parties, not the kind, you know, parties, but they would have, you know, people over and you know, have dinner, and oh, it was nice. I even liked the music. It wasn't praise and worship music, but hey, I'll take it. At least it wasn't, you know, rap and that, uh, or hard acid rock or anything like that. It was, it was good. It was pleasant, you know. And how about this? Why? Because the Lord is good. Now this uh, phrase, we, we run past it, to our own really regret, actually, because His mercy endures forever. Let's, uh, if you don't mind, think through that for just a moment. It's kind of like, let me back up. It's not like God is saying, oh man, i got to endure to show you mercy. No. It's not enduring mercy. It's more like endearing mercy. It's a mercy that is so endearing as to be enduring. 
We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Throughout this book, the prophet Jeremiah is speaking words that God has given him, warning the Israelite nation that judgment is sure to come. But the people don't want to hear it. They'd rather carry on in their revelry, living their best life now. If you've noticed, there's a mentality of that in today's culture, too. Don't you dare give anyone warning about the red flags in their life. They're just taking that idea of eat, drink, and be merry and running with it. Unfortunately, these warnings in Jeremiah weren't heeded. and That's how it can be today as well, as God gives fair warning about what's to come in the future. But are you prepared for what God's warnings are? Have you taken heed to what he speaks and teaches about in his word? These aren't just mentioned as a side note. Everything in God's word is intentional and has a purpose. If you'd like to know more about what this all means, we encourage you to go to our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. There, you'll find the ABCs of salvation under the resources tab. This provides an in-depth overview of what it means to believe that Jesus died for your sins and that he can save you from a life and eternity without him. If you're in the area and would like to connect with some others in person about this, we invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. You can find directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for the next edition in Jeremiah, here on In Spirit and Truth.